a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I promise I'm done talking about the stock market, but I just got a text message uh, from someone letting it be known they've been in the market for over 40 years and they've bought some good companies. Get this. I bought Amazon at $20 a share in 1998 and Netflix at 15 It's pretty good. Imagine buying Amazon those early days. I bought some Tesla in the early days. Apple, most valuable company on the planet. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, let me just close this down. Uh, I won't be distracted by text messages anymore, but I do want to hear from you. 57500. It's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. I want to hear you hear from you in particular as we discuss this next story. It's kind of interesting and it uh it at at first look, you'd say, "Oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. That's such a great idea. Making unwed fathers help pay for pregnancy." If you father a child and you're not married to the mother of that child, Should you here in the state of Utah be compelled to help pay for the pregnancy and delivery? There's a Republican lawmaker, Representative Brady Brommer of Highland, uh, has asked that very question. Uh, Specifically, has said that, yes, in fact, these unwed fathers responsible for, uh, for pregnancies ought to be on the hook for half of the expense. Let me play for you some of the debate that transpired in uh, the committee setting, specifically the House Judiciary Committee uh, here on Utah's Capitol Hill. Uh, Just yesterday, as this bill was proposed uh, and Representative Brommer gave his reasoning for wanting this bill. Oftentimes there's this battle between pro-life and pro-choice where some of the pro-life positions really turn into a perception that it's just anti-abortion. And I kind of got sick of those things and I thought what could we do that's really a pro-life thing and uh, and how could we uh, help step up the responsibility for men uh, in the bringing of life into the world and so that that's where this bill came from was the idea that uh, you know for unmarried fathers uh, there is oftentimes a woman who is bearing the entire brunt of medical costs going through the period of gestation and until birth and um and that's a that's a significant increase to the medical costs that she is bearing, and she is bearing that alone, in addition to all of the other uh, difficulties that come with pregnancy. And this was intended to provide a means whereby she could at least get the half of those medical costs covered by the by the uh, by the father of the child. Now, when a piece of legislation is crafted, the first version uh, is always pretty blunt and generic, if you will, and. Beyond that, 
the committee process and ultimately should this piece of legislation or any piece of legislation make it to the House floor, there's opportunity for amendments uh, to respond to very specific questions or exceptions, things that uh, aren't exactly or directly addressed by the first version of the legislation. Representative Brian King, Democrat from Salt Lake City, in just a moment uh, is going to ask some questions that are a little bit outside the, uh, you know, the direct rationale behind this piece of legislation. And also a texter offers just now a great question. What about a woman who has a child as a result of an affair? Can the husband go after the lover for legal damages related to pregnancy? I, I don't know. I'm not sure how or if this uh, bill would address that. That, but that, those are the types of questions that come up uh, when something like this is presented. Well, one of the interesting features of, of all legislation, uh, the first version is, uh, is often one that spurs a number of questions. Representative Brian King, he expressed some concern about the potential implications for women leaving abusive relationships. I worry about tying a woman who is pregnant to an abusive partner or to a partner who is engaging in domestic abuse or, or is in other, in other ways, the last thing in the world we want to do is tie these two individuals together. I mean, I appreciate what you're trying to do in terms of increasing accountability, and I, and I think there's some real wisdom there. But I worry about the unintended consequence being, or one unintended consequence potentially being that you're going to have women who despite their desire to not be tied to this individual are going to have, be tied to this individual and or are going to feel some financial tie that they might otherwise want to walk away from. All right. So in this instance, uh, you know, should there be some interaction between mother and father of this child, biological mother and biological father of this child in an effort to seek, you know, the ha- half the money? From the biological father, uh, Representative King says there may be some unintended consequences that uh, keep a woman in an abusive relationship or at least keep her in the proximity of someone who has previously abused her. Well, uh, the representative sponsoring the measure, he responded to that and looked down the road at uh, child support. I can understand that. I, I think that it kind of falls into the same risk matrix that you would have for paternity generally. Uh, you know, for any kind of, uh, uh, you know, child support that would be, that that arises as soon as the child is born in any event. And so whether it arises prior to the child's birth or after, all of those factors are still present either way. And I don't think this changes that risk matrix. I don't want to say that it's not there. I, I think you're totally right that, that that can be a consideration for the mother However, I don't think that this increases it. Uh, It merely extends it to the gestational period as opposed to post-birth period. It's a fascinating conversation nonetheless. I'm anxious to see if this uh, is amended in a way that's acceptable to uh, enough to make it through the House floor and uh, often over to the Senate. But there are incredible, incredible uh, questions that are coming as a result of this. As a result of this proposal, which would compel biological fathers uh, to pay for half of pregnancy, all the expenses incurred by the mother, half of those expenses would be laid upon the shoulders of the biological father, that of the, the birth as well. Here's an interesting question. How early in pregnancy can DNA testing prove just who the father is? 
Well, see, that's an interesting question. Luckily, though, when it comes to child support, uh, that question, for the most part, has been answered. Not how early can DNA testing uh, be conducted, but uh, how and when paternity is, in fact, established. Uh, A father can sign a a voluntary declaration of paternity. It's a a Utah form, very easy to fill out. Uh, Also, a court can order or administration uh, or administrative orders can be handed down uh, to determine uh, paternity. Interesting stuff. Anxious to follow it. That's it for me on this Thursday episode of Live Mike. I've been Lee Lonsberry. Next up is the great Jeff Kaplan as he brings to you Jeff Kaplan's afternoon news here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.